Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking about season six, episode 12. It's the second to last episode, Waterworks. Uh, Alexis, how'd you feel about this episode? Information. Finally, we got Mm. some information. We got to see Kim again. Yes. So that alone makes it better than the last two episodes for me. (laughs) Certainly better than the last one. Been missing Kim. Been missing Kim, yeah. It's nice to, I mean, it's not nice to see her in her current state, but it is nice to see her again. Yep. What do you think? Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to start off with a controversial statement about this episode, and everybody's probably going to hate me for it. Miracle Whip is actually good. Everybody who is looking at this, although I will say Miracle Whip has its place. Miracle Whip is excellent on a piece of bread. Yeah, Miracle Whip has a place. You're right. The garbage. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) The trash can. The dumpster. Miracle Whip is is trash in your trash for like <laughs> on on a piece of bread by itself. That's it. What? Have a mayonnaise sandwich. I used to do this all the time when I was a kid with Miracle Whip. Just that was a... the the quote unquote mayonnaise of choice in our house. <sighs> the spread of choice, the egg spread of choice. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, Sure, some people might find it disgusting. <laughs> I will say in in potato salad and or tuna salad, it probably is disgusting because it doesn't really taste like mayonnaise. I don't know that you, I don't know. I guess tang, maybe pota- potato salad, it might be okay because you have other tangy things in potato salad, right? Like you have mustard. There's okay. mustard in potato salad. So maybe mm-hmm. they play along well together. But yeah, keep it the fuck out of my tuna salad. Thank you very much. <laughs> now that I've pissed everybody off, can I <laughs> say me, I like I this episode? <laughs> I do. I like this episode. I, I was significantly more engaged by this episode than the previous two. Yeah. Uh, even though those episodes were fun to watch, I felt like this had some meaning to it, some meat, something to dig into. And we got plenty of feedback, you know, both supporting our opinions of last episode and against it um mm-hmm. that we'll get to some of that in the feedback here after we do the recap but yeah i feel like there was stuff that happened but it was so slow going <laughs> and they flirt with that a little bit in this episode but then they mm-hmm. get but but it's stuff that's like new and interesting and engaging and i'm yeah i, I was feeling this episode at least we finally see what the hell kim's been up to for six mm-hmm. years yeah New information, like you said. Yeah. It's uh, it's great stuff. It is. And it, it was a very emotional episode. Yeah. And like I say all the time, I'm about the character drama stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what really does it for me in these shows. And this is a pretty character-heavy episode. It really is. Yeah. Including the flashbacks, you know? The mm-hmm. flashbacks here don't just inform, like, a slight change of context for things. Um, they are like really doing some heavy lifting on characters. So they are stuff is good. They really are. Yeah, it's fun to watch, even the second time. Ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. So we cold open in Saul's office in color. He's dragging his feet, trying to avoid meeting with Kim to sign their divorce papers. Mm-hmm. He's this loudly dragging his feet. The sound of thinking. Thump, thump, thump. And his thinking collapses onto his desk in pillar form, (laughs) which I love. It's like a metaphor for his law career, basically. Sure. Flimsy, uh, taken down easily by one very small thing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you're right. Uh, I'm I'm shocked that those weren't even like glued to the wall. That's wild to me. That is wild to me, especially knowing that they're styrofoam. Yeah. And they could just come down with a slight breeze. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. the other thing that, you know, the, the big deal about the scene is not him bouncing this ball, but it's what it means, right? And mm-hmm. and he's thinking about how he's going to approach this meeting with what we find out is Kim. Yep. Um, he's clearly, like, made time in his day to sweat about it and <laughs> sweat over his appearance, too. That's the thing that really gets me is when he checks his reflection in the mirror and, like, mm-hmm. smooths his hair and all that stuff. Clearly... He cares what Kim thinks about him, but it comes out in the strangest way in this episode. It comes out in the grossest way, yeah. Right, the the most offensive asshole kind of way, but it makes a lot of sense. It's a defense mechanism, yeah. right? As is 99% of the stuff that he does. Yeah, he's just trying to protect himself. And, and then in this situation, he's doing it with a shell of indifference. Yeah. False yeah. indifference. Just smarmy slick indifference yeah Yeah, we'll we'll it gets so much worse later on but yeah it makes her wait at least an hour Uh after their agreed meeting time makes everybody in the office wait it makes francesca feel like an idiot like what are you waiting for send her in after he's made her wait for so long yeah after she called him literally two minutes before that asking what the hell was taking so long yeah yeah what a douche no he's terrible he's Um, peak douche form in this episode i would say he is yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, actively trying to get people murdered, but mm-hmm. it's like character murder. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. He's it, trying to murder the light in Kim's eyes. He's trying to murder the light in my eyes, <laughs> frankly. I wasn't expecting him to be... I don't know why. I guess I was kind of hoping that maybe the that better angel of his nature, the Jimmy side, mm-hmm. would start coming out more uh, throughout this episode. The Gene part as well not just this now in the past yeah i was wrong <laughs> yeah there are moments <laughs> not, of it but but it is far far more just him being very bitter mm-hmm. we finally we finally cut to kim in black and white in her boring florida life she hosts a cookout with miracle whip potato salad barf has boring sex has boring work conversations and eventually takes a call from victor st Clair. 
Mm. An old friend. Yeah, I think everybody immediately recognized that name. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this is kind of the scene, like you said earlier, that I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Just catching up with Kim, seeing where she's been at for the last, apparently, six years. How she's been doing, like, emotionally and just life-wise. And it looks like she's fine, basically. Fine? Bored, but fine. Ooh. I Whoa. would say she's the opposite of fine. I would say she has totally numbed herself mm. in order to not deal with the things she's been she's done the same thing Saul has that's that's the truth of it is like it just comes out differently right Saul goes full on into this new persona sure um and and you know it's he he goes like down the rabbit hole of being this bombastic person she does the exact opposite but for the same reason she buries herself in mundanity yeah and and for Jimmy, you know, who was never like never really had much of a conscience as a con man, mm-hmm. didn't have a huge problem with that. What he had a problem with is losing Kim, and then Kim, who has a conscience, has a problem with the stuff they did, and it weighs on her. But she is ignoring it by just turning off any part of herself that could possibly bring up feelings. Right, like she doesn't have an opinion on anything. Like All of her shininess. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's that's a good point. She's she's gone out of her way to be as opposite to Kim Wexler, the attorney, as she possibly could. Her hair color, her choice in clothing, her choice in mm-hmm. boyfriends. Um, except one interesting way, which we'll talk about here in a second when we get to her job. Um, but yeah, she feels like she has dumbed herself down and numbed herself down to deal with all this. That is, that's a really insightful way to look at it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, definitely more insightful than my initial take on it. I mean, I can, I can talk about some non-insightful things like Why Kim even cutting veggies the way I do. What do you mean? Slowly and yeah, super slow, <laughs> painfully. Uh huh. So it's not to cut yourself. Yeah, sure. like someone who doesn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen. Yes. Hmm. Gotcha. She spent a lot of time eating takeout food as an attorney. That's, so yeah, she, if she has learned any cooking in the last six years, it's not much. Yeah, or it's, it's more than she ever has known. I guess Midwestern cooking. Yeah, I guess she's probably using recipes from her family when she was growing up. I don't know. Did her mom cook? Probably. Maybe, probably, yeah. Because you can't, you can't eat out all the time when you're poor. No. You just can't. No. <laughs> you make it yourself. Yeah, but now she's in Florida with. I think these are just Florida glasses. The, she's got the guy, the O face guy from Office Space, as a boyfriend, except mm. more boring. Uh, these are, I just don't know why she would even waste her time with a yeah. relationship that she doesn't care about. Like it's and the sex is not good. I don't think it doesn't seem like on, it. Yeah. No. So I really don't know either. Like, mm. what is she getting out of that? Yeah. Seems like a waste of time to me. Get a hobby. Is she Maybe getting, it's just a distraction. Like well, that's the thing. So she doesn't just fills the time. She doesn't have opinions on things, right? They make that super clear. She's yeah. not willing to even choose an like ice cream an flavor. ice cream flavor, right? Or even give an opinion on what an ice cream flavor might be, mm-hmm. which one might be better. So, like, she's maybe filling. She she's using this dude as like a choice maker in her personal life. Hmm. 
Like, otherwise, she would just sit like Jean, right? And do absolutely nothing. Just sit oh, and stare. Yeah, she's sort of like... Into nothingness. <laughs> riding his tailcoat in a really strange way. Like a yeah. social tailcoat. Even though, <laughs> I don't know that he has a huge tailcoat to surf on. <laughs> it's probably just like... No, but he seems... Any choice is better than my no choice. Yeah, right. That's the thing. He seems just like <laughs> completely normal. Mundane, but normal. And then you look at like Saul who in uh, episodes past has filled his void with meaningless sex. Yeah. She's kind of doing the same. It's just like, you know, that mirror universe version mm-hmm. of it. But it's like the same stuff is happening, but it's just different. Yeah, it's just like a... I mean, it's just like Jean with the Cinnabon job. It's the yeah. exact same thing. Like the color is gone from her world mm-hmm. in the exact same way. Yeah. But she, she does live right on the chose water. it for herself as opposed to Jean who had to go into hiding. Right, right. That's that's one yeah. thing we find out is she's using her real name. Yeah. She's not in hiding, which makes sense. You know, she got divorced before all the bad mm-hmm. stuff with Walt went down. So her her change of lifestyle, I find it interesting that it's not legally necessary, but is like emotionally necessary yeah. for her. It's true. Uh I got one. I have one more thing to say about this before we move on, and that is that her boyfriend decided to say that it looks like it was going to rain. And my dude, it rains at least every fucking morning in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. Like, every day it rains in Florida. It's because the humidity is 140%. Yeah. The sky just doesn't have a choice. you live in a cloud. Basically, yeah. Hot, wet cloud. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Uh, more power to everybody who lives in Florida and can put up with that. Were you connecting the yep sex <laughs> stuff with the yup? Of course I was. Five? I that okay. that yup is like permanently burned into yeah. my brain. <laughs> right. I, I say it to myself around the house, like <laughs> often, very Me too. often. Yeah. It's just it feels good. It feels good. Give it a try if you haven't done it yet, dear listener. Yup. Mm-hmm. Feels amazing. Yep. <laughs> All right, whatever. So next, we're with Kim. Oh shoot! No, we didn't even talk about the phone call, did we? Uh no. This is like the second half of the scene. Yeah, you're right. Okay. It's... I think I think some people are gonna have a problem with like the first half of the scene, everything up to the phone call, because it takes a while. Like they spend a lot of time on single color puzzles and deviled yeah. eggs and boring bad sex and. It didn't bother me though, personally. I guess I, I was, was just—I was so hungry for Kim information that I was like, "Yeah, show yeah. me exactly what her daily life looks like." Right. I want to know what this bitch has been doing <laughs> instead of being part of the story. Yeah, I guess the only times it started to get to me is when it didn't focus on Kim, when it was like off yeah. with the receptionist or sure. watching just some dude play solitaire. I, <laughs> those shots are perplexing. I don't know why the hell you need that. If it was Kim playing solitaire, yeah. sure, but just some dude. At her work? I, those are weird shots, but ultimately, yeah, I felt like this stuff was very engaging for me. I think they are really trying to establish that not only is her entire life boring, but her the place that she works at is extremely boring and I quiet. Mean, yeah, it's a sprinkler day. system company. There's nothing yeah. nothing flashy about that. Or flashy happening there. Flashiest thing is the water that comes out. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about that. Her job is like... Like I said earlier, she's doing everything she can to distance herself from her old life, but also mm-hmm. 
she's in this job, which is very much like the doc review stuff. I was thinking that, yeah, it's paperwork and like confirming things and making phone calls. So there's still an organizational element to it. It's just... And the key is she doesn't need to have an opinion on any of this stuff. It's fed to her. All she does is translate it to these brochures or whatever Mm -hmm. um, and verify its authenticity. That's it. She doesn't have to make a single choice about it. She doesn't have to have an opinion. She does. I think she does write the like the copy for the items in the brochure. Okay. But that's it. And I think we saw her starting to write something a little more interesting on one of them. And then she like backspaces and Mm. writes something more boring. Okay. I think I'm remembering that correctly. I don't know. It was, it was all quite dull. Yeah. (laughs) It was hard to pay attention. This is the job I'm going to have when I quit podcasting. Yeah. A job where I do not need to have a single opinion on anything. Hmm. Because I've spent the last 10 years of my life having to have an opinion on everything. Every tiny little thing. Yeah, it can be exhausting. And I haven't even murdered somebody or, you know, got somebody murdered that we know of that I'll admit to (laughs) on a podcast. I'm just giving him the silent treatment. I'm just letting (laughs) him hang himself with his own rope, basically. Mm -hmm. Dear God. Oh, oh, here's the worst part. Hmm. So she made what I think is potato salad for the cookout, right? (laughs) Yeah. Comes up with this huge bowl of potato salad. Yeah. And then in this scene, when these people are talking about their ridiculous stuff around the lunch table Mm -hmm. outside, uh, I don't even remember what it was they were talking about. What? Oh, God. What was it? It was so boring. Oh, it was a pacified. The, oh, it's sure. They were talking the drug about stuff. Molly, yeah. but whatever. Uh, or drugs. ecstasy, rather, but whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, while they're they're talking about that, she's eating a tuna salad sandwich mm-hmm. with Miracle Whip in it. So she mm-hmm. has made two gigantic batches of various salads. Yeah. All with Miracle Whip. Yeah. I think she's going to be a convert, Miracle Whip convert, by the end of this. I I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. Sorry. <laughs> I am so, I didn't, I guess I didn't fully appreciate how anti-Miracle Whip I was until it was wow. shoved in my face so much in this episode. And I, I actually, I hate it. I do hate it. Hmm. I didn't realize we had a split family here. <laughs> Have rough. you ever seen Miracle Whip in the house? No. You know, if you ever want some, just let me know because I will not buy it by choice. Hellman's more like, hell no, nah, man. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I think that is the brand I get. It is. A mayonnaise. Yeah. Because I'm a sane, normal person. Disgusting. So how about this phone call? How about this phone call? Boy, we got this one wrong. We did not think that he actually spoke to Kim mm-hmm. when he made this pay phone call. And he did. Well, they played us dirty. They, they kind of played us They dirty. tricked us because they showed... They did a jump cut from... yeah. Him making the call and talking to someone to him getting irate. Yeah. And there's like a good two minutes of him talking to her where he's not irate. Mm-hmm. And so I assume like he just got immediate bad news and got pissed off, went right. from zero to ten. No, he got there much slower. We just didn't see it. So they yeah. they double screwed us, right? We didn't see half the conversation. We didn't hear any of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still a little salty about that. But honestly, this does help heal that wound a little bit it does at least we have the full context now and Uh, the payoff was worth it 
yeah oh yeah ultimately it is really gonna be worth it there's gonna be fireworks in the last episode for sure Mm -hmm. lots of chickens coming home to roost yeah i do wonder if it will involve kim in any way i feel like they they did quite a bit with kim this episode Mm -hmm. and i don't know what else there is to do in the final episode but yeah i don't know and how does that intersect with him with gene like being on the run right is he gonna try and run to kim that would be insane that would be insane as as though she would take him back right especially now my god I wonder if part of why he got so angry at the end of this phone call is because he guessed that she was going to put on her hair shirt and confess to everything. Could be. Um, It could just be that he doesn't like someone else feeling guilty when he's trying not to feel guilty. You know, it's like Mm. she's... She clearly, I don't know. She's not like actively feeling guilty, but the way she's conversing with him here, you can tell like there is a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. inside her that she's not acknowledging. I think Jimmy picks up on that because of just like how off-put she is by talking to him. How off-put she is, yeah. The fact that she can't, she just can't speak to him normally Mm -hmm. because he is basically, yeah, he's like a dirty secret that she has been trying to bury yeah and now it's now he's shown up again like he does just yeah and she can't go back to that right but it's also you know it's got to be kind of good to hear his voice a little bit but also for what yeah for what why did you call you know what do you (laughs) want exactly yeah what could you possibly want and if it's just to to poke me and get a reaction out of me because you're feeling a certain way about something that sucks yeah sucks i do i do believe that she was telling the truth at the end of the call when she says i'm happy that you're alive Uh uh-huh but it's also a way to to end that call Mm -hmm. basically saying okay we have no reason to ever speak again yeah this is all we have you've gotten what you wanted like you called to to see if i was still alive or Mm -hmm. to to let me know that you're still alive well i know now so goodbye yeah forever I wonder if he was harboring some hope that she would be a little warmer to him based on the fact that yeah. Francesca told him right. that she, she had called and him. asked about him. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> foolish. I mean, what's he going to do? Like meet her clandestine in the. Right. In the. the this. Desert. Prior asso- associate <laughs> of his. Yeah. Who had definitely knew where he was. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to make this phone call, which yeah. it doesn't matter, right? Because you know, it doesn't have to make sense. It's mm-hmm. just something that Gene, Jimmy, Saul, whatever wanted to do. Yeah, no, it was a total. He's been shooting from the hip a lot uh, in the previous episode and in this one. Mm-hmm. Just this whole situation, and it makes it so much more uh, understandable <laughs> why he's so sloppy. In this break-in later on. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he got a fresh dose of Kim breaking up with him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just, like, he picked a scab off. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have done that. Don't ever do that. Let things heal. Ugh. Well, that was that. You want to move on to 
came at the airport. Mm-hmm. All right. So next we're with Kim at the airport, <laughs> waiting for a shuttle in Albuquerque of all places. She goes by the courthouse and then Cheryl Hamlin's house, where we learn Kim has written out a detailed confession. Yeah, and left it with the DA. And left it with the DA, and then left it with Cheryl. Uh, you think the the DA is Linda? Still, what's her name? Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Probably, who knows? Uh, like yeah, she hated her job. This is a a big scene, and it leads to an even bigger scene after it. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see her going back to the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Like, what possible purpose could that have? But ultimately, we find out. Yeah, at first, I thought it was like a <laughs> a weird little like emotional tour of duty for yeah. a second, like reminding herself the things that she had. Mm-hmm. things that she left, but that doesn't make any sense for Kim. Of course, she was actually doing something. Right. I feel like her doing this, this whole scene, might be her being the truest that she has been to herself in yes. six years. 100%. Hence, and I think that's why she is having as strong of an emotional reaction in the bus later on or in the shuttle. Absolutely. As she does. Yeah. Because it's the right thing to do. Cheryl asks her, uh, why are you doing this mm-hmm. at the end? And she doesn't answer, but we know the answer. It's because Kim is basically a good person yeah. and it's the right thing to do. So she does it. Yeah. She's felt guilty ever since. Yeah. And I think like Jimmy calling up and being a dick <laughs> and then picking that scab, <laughs> yeah. has, you know, freshened it. And now she can't ignore it anymore. Just reinforced the need to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, good for her. And she does get, a bit of a memory tour here, you mm-hmm. know, going, going to the elevator. She sees someone, a public defender working yeah. with a client, straightening their tie. You know, she's got a ponytail. She's got the business suit, yep. all the, <laughs> she looks like, you know, a mirror Baby image Kim. of Kim. Right. And she thinks about, you know, her past life, the life she could have had, the life that she wanted and how it's turned out because of the decisions she's made. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, that also contributes to the very strong reaction she has later. Absolutely. I was I was kind of impressed. I mean, obviously these characters are not real, but I was, but I was still impressed at Cheryl's uh, level headedness throughout that part hmm. of the scene uh-huh. because I don't know that I would have been able to not react more strongly. If I were presented with the same kind of thing, like, oh, that all that, it was a lie. And also I orchestrated it and you kind of knew, but I convinced you otherwise, basically. Yeah. I convinced you that you didn't know your husband as well as right. you thought you did. No, it was super dark when it happened. It's yeah. just as dark now. Yeah. It's rough. So good on her for not freaking out. Uh, Yeah. I mean, she's, she's. Trying to do the right thing here, give her closure, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, Some kind of closure, at least. Not easy. Yeah. The, the, the one other thing that I noticed when Kim was going to the courthouse is that Mike has been replaced with an automated kiosk, <laughs> yeah. which was the pretty good. The booth is still there uh-huh. for some reason, but yeah, just kiosks. Mm-hmm. That was a nice touch. Why not? The automation. Well, I mean, you thought Mike was a tough customer if you didn't have the <laughs> proper number of stickers? Sure. Yeah, just wait until you try and... Put one too few stickers into the kiosk. Can't bully a machine. Nope. Pre- you can't, con- you can't plead with it. You can't bribe it. You can't. Nope. Not getting out. Not getting out. So after she 
talks to Cheryl. She gets on the shuttle to the airport, and that was that was, that was her whole business in Albuquerque. Was mm-hmm. dropping off this confession, and she is distraught, but I think relieved at the same time. Yeah, because she knows that she she's doing the right thing, even though there's a very good chance that it's going to blow up her shitty little Florida life. Oh yeah, I'm sure it will. Yeah, um, to one degree or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the thing that struck me is that she has finally stopped trying to ignore what she did. Yeah, and she is just processing it all at once. So that's the flood of emotions, right? It's like, yep, I was so terrible. I blew up not only my life but the lives of so many people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, all the things that like caused her that that she was acknowledging and caused her to break up with Jimmy. But she has since stuffed into uh, a compartment inside herself and yeah. not looked at them. And now that she, you know, like like you said, uh, peeled that scab with Jimmy calling, she can't ignore it anymore. And she can, I mean, assuming that she doesn't like get killed or thrown into prison or whatever, she can, she can heal from this and move on mm-hmm. now because she has done everything that she can. It- And I think that's why she tells Jimmy to turn himself in on the phone because she knows that A, they need to pay for their sins Mm -hmm. in some way and B, he can move past it eventually, right? right? Yeah. Like he didn't actually murder anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, hmm. Eh, in that timeline, yeah, in the wall timeline he has. (laughs) Or at least he hasn't directly murdered people, but he's a conspirator. He's an accessory for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. He might be in jail for life. I don't know. But anyway, he can get like some glimmer of hope for being happy, right? Because he can't live with this. I think that's the thing that she has learned in this moment. You can't just live with this. Yeah. It's always in the back of your mind. Yeah. It's it's, controlling what you do. It's making you hide yourself because mm -hmm. you don't want to be found. Yeah. No, it's no good. It's ruining both of their lives, frankly. Like, Jean's not happy. She's right about that, too. Absolutely. That life he's living is not much. No. Arguably, it's worse than hers. Because at least she has friends. Sort of. Not very good friends, but, you know, <laughs> half yeah. friends. Friendly associates. Sure. And Jean has nothing. Jean mm-hmm. has his Cinnabon workers. That's it. And I got to say, one last time, probably for this series, Racy Horn is so good. Like, this scene is incredible. She's amazing throughout this entire episode, but this scene especially, she really sells Mm -hmm. someone coming to terms with a lot of things at once. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Extremely affecting. Mm -hmm. Good job. Uh, So, after this... We are back with Gene breaking into the sleeping Cancer Mark's house. I'm calling him Cancer Mark, by the way. Cancer Mark? Okay. Cancer Mark. Is his name Mark and he has cancer or is he a Mark <laughs> He's that a Mark. has cancer? Okay. He's, yeah. He, it could be Mark. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't actually. Know. I don't remember. Uh, Gene takes a sweet time, narrowly avoiding getting caught, but Cabby Jeff is not so lucky. Oh, my God. Cabby Jeff. <laughs> oh, my God. This stunts. <laughs> Why would you peel out? I mean, even if you think the cops are on to you why run why run like this they're gonna catch you yeah also you're speeding in a neighborhood so you're just giving them a reason to catch you right immediately yeah even if if they weren't on to you well now they can be 
Right. Now they have a reason. Now they have cause. Also, for a guy who drives for a living, he drives pretty shitty. He does drive pretty pretty shitty. shitty Although, to be fair, I don't know. uh, Peeling out on ice is just never. I don't know that anybody can control that once it starts going. No, but. But also, we should have done it in the first place. Friggin' idiot. What are you doing? Anyway, yeah, I, I shouted, you idiot. <laughs> we both did. While we were watching this. Yes. I knew I knew bad things were going to happen. Of course, of course, because the cops didn't give two shits about him until he literally rammed himself into another car. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of ruckus, so of course that wakes up a dude who's half asleep on the stairs in his house. Mm-hmm. And he's going to find glass and all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. No, I want to talk a little bit more about the the Jeffy and the cops stuff (laughs) here before we get back to Gene. Yeah, let's do it. Because the Gene stuff is interesting. Yeah. But this is the second time recently, I think, that I've heard people talk about, oh, you're 1,400 miles away from the ocean and you ordered fish, huh? Well, you're (laughs) a fucking idiot. And it's the best comeback I've heard yet. It comes from this cop. He's like, I live in the 21st fucking century. Yeah. Have you heard of freezing things? Have you heard of, <laughs> have you eaten a potato chip, motherfucker? Because that is about as far from a potato as you could possibly get. Yeah. So unless you've never had a Pringle, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Go. Oh, I hate people who say that shit. Look, I've had, yeah. I have had sushi on both coasts mm-hmm. and I've had sushi in the Midwest. It's damn near the same. Yeah. It's it's basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing. Also, like... Unless you like the taste pineapple. of salt water, sure. Pineapple. It's not grown in this country, I don't think. Fair, yeah. Then you've had pineapple from, like, overseas. It's Yeah, it's stupid. What a, what a stupid thing to... That's just a... Yeah. If you know someone who ever says this to you, you need to slap them right in the face Calm. and say, we live in a society. <laughs> we live in a modern society. We, all of us. <laughs> Get your shit together. It might have even been this show where they've done it before. I don't know. But yeah. I've heard it recently twice mm. now. That's super annoying. Also, all this cop wants is for you to commiserate with him. That's all he yeah. wants. That's all he actually wants. He can say whatever stupid shit, but he just wants you to be like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up. Yeah, Sorry, man. That man. sucks. Sorry you didn't get more fish in your fish taco. Yeah. Next time we'll go to the other place next mm. time we'll drive to the fucking coast how about that <laughs> i will take you i will take you on our next leave <laughs> our next our next break <laughs> <laughs> terrible uh so how about how about fucking gene mm-hmm. period but also leaving the humidor open what yeah, is I even mean, the point that's he's just a bastard when you do that it's just a bastard Nobody can enjoy those cigars now. Yeah, great. Good job. Yeah. What a terrible person. He makes a lot of weird choices. Joke's on him for buying cigars that don't come and not living in Cuba, I guess. I guess. We're we're 3,000 miles from Cuba and you're buying cigars, you dipshit. (laughs) Sorry. 10,000 miles from Italy and you're buying a watch, dipshit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I, I love this stuff. It's It's... Character development inside of a, a heist scene, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is the stuff that I like that I think was missing from a lot of the last couple of heists. Yeah. Like, I got everything I needed to know about the character development that was happening from those previous heists in about 14 seconds. Yeah. And then it took another 40 minutes of heist <laughs> for them to complete the scenario. 
in this, I'm actively learning the entire time. Yeah. Like I'm learning how far is Gene willing to go to get out of this situation? Mm -hmm. Is he willing to take a man's <laughs> dead dog's ashes and explode them on this man's head? a man to death with the ashes of his own dead dog. A man with cancer. Yeah. We found out last episode. Death is maybe... Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, at least I knock a man out. <laughs> I gotta say, when he picked that thing up, I'm like, this is a terrible, horrible thing to do when you are a piece of shit, but I would love to see an explosion of ashes in yeah. slow motion, preferably. Yeah. That was Close definitely the show motion. that would pull that off. Yeah. Darn. Too bad we missed it. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see that, but but you know what I mean. He, I'm learning how far will he go? Yeah. Is he willing to stoop that low? Mm -hmm. But also I'm learning... Oh, he just doesn't care if he gets caught anymore. Like this is this is the end for him and he knows it. And Yeah. And yeah. whether it's this heist that he gets caught in or whether it's the next one or the one after that, he is going to keep pushing the envelope until he gets caught. Is it that or do you think he just he actually thinks he's bulletproof cuz he's in I don't think so. The middle of nowhere. I think he's in full like well Kim is gone forever. I think there mm. was a slight bit of hope in him yeah. somehow over the last six years. But, you know, picking that scab off. Right. It it did not it didn't go as well for him as it did for Kim, honestly. Yeah. Like he's just gone completely off the edge. Well, to be fair, it is because he is the one who has the most to be guilty about, I think. Yeah. Overall. And I know Kim uh, instigated the Howard thing. The Howard thing, right. Jimmy didn't try very hard to talk her out of it either. No, and, and look at how many times Kim tried to push him in a different direction, right? Yeah, the, before the that. Squawk cobbler stuff. <laughs> I never want to hear about this. Don't <laughs> don't do this again. Like this is illegal. Yeah. Right? Falsifying evidence. Going out to the desert. She begged him, like, please don't yeah. go do this. I don't this want thing. you to do this. And he said, It'll be fine, I'm gonna go do it. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So like saying, Oh, she pushed him into the Howard thing, sure. But come on, like, yeah. how many times did he make the choice to bit go down a, that bad choice road? Bit of a push for a push. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So he he definitely deserves, you know, whatever he gets here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sadly. I, I like the, the brief, like, silhouette that we see of him as he's breaking in on the wall. You mm, see the, mm -hmm. the sort of bar looking motif here Definitely. through the window and he's like behind the bars so is this yep. foreshadowing who knows <laughs> um but yeah it, it's it is a weird thing right like i see him okay he smokes a cigar or whatever he, he taps a note on the piano and i'm like well he could probably get away with that he's just like playing around because he knows this guy's passed out mm -hmm. but then he goes to the front door to leave and he goes you know what nah i'm going back in I'm going to see what he has upstairs because I don't know why. Because he wants to, I guess. Yeah. I what, what's think... good for stealing? What's good for stealing up there? Right. Petty theft. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here. So I don't know, these rotating watches or whatever. <laughs> I guess a neat display. Um, yeah. And the cigars, whatever. The home mm -hmm. theater system, I think is what it is. He's got like this big rack of of equipment mm -hmm. um glowing lighted equipment like an av rack in the loft and i'm like well i don't see any home theater system the tv he has up there and the sound system is not impressive enough for that to be a home theater so maybe it's like a smart home system but there are no alarms that go off right there's 
I saw his thermostat. It doesn't look very, <laughs> it looks pretty pedestrian to be automated. Yeah, right. Uh, I couldn't really get a good grip on what that was supposed to be. But Me either. I just kind matter. of, I was with you. I just assumed it was AV equipment. Maybe there's a record player on top connected to speakers somewhere. Yeah, it could be a like an in-home speaker system if he's like playing piano and he has people over and playing music and mm-hmm. singing. I don't know. Maybe. He, he does like the piano, apparently. Uh, the other thing I noticed is this collection, this line of hats. <laughs> Yeah. I was wondering if that's like to cover his head from like chemo treatments hmm. because he had lost his hair or something because they're very prominently featured. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a fancy lad. Or maybe I mean, he just he like hats. Sure. F- at least three fancy watches. Four if you count the one he's wearing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I think he just has good taste. Okay. Or expensive taste at least. Yeah. But he's not super ostentatious with it like some of the other houses they broke into yeah no that's the thing i I went back and i watched the scene between him and gene when they met in the bar Mm -hmm. and that scene is really good um it's one of the scenes i like the most the first time through but then uh this time it made even more sense to me because he's talking about like you know there are some people who are in the business and who are honest and and truthful and like uh, there's a certain place in hell for the the people like the Enrons and mm-hmm. the Worldcoms and Bernie Madoff, the con men. And he's talking right. to him. I <laughs> I can't even remember picking up on that hmm. in the first time through that, um, or second time through that even. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I was seeing what that relationship was like, and he's such a nice guy. He seems genuinely nice. Yeah, at least real. He seems like a, a real person who can see other people. Yeah. Unlike. A lot of those other guys that they were conning. Oh, yeah. Especially the first one. Especially Buzz. Yeah, right? <laughs> Screw that guy. So, it makes it even worse that he's back here just messing with this guy's stuff. Yeah, and... at least he's alive. I was yeah half convinced that this man was going to be dead on the floor mm-hmm. when Gene walked in. But he was snoring, so they immediately uh, arrested my worries there. Yeah. Gene starts to go out the front door and then he sees there's a cop just hanging out and he bails on that idea. And shortly afterward is when (laughs) Jeffy peels off like an idiot Mm -hmm. and crashes his car. So I guess he just went out the back door. Yeah. Um, He takes a bus home, right? He does. Yeah. Using the distraction. They're, I, I think they're mirroring a little bit here. Kim and, and Jimmy. Definitely. Um, with, you know, Kim taking the, the airport shuttle and Jimmy taking the bus and Kim, you know, breaking down and sobbing and Jimmy just doubling down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good parallel. And that's the end of that scene. So after the word, after this, we're going to cut back to Kim and Saul signing their divorce papers in the past. Saul's a dick about it the whole time, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And eventually, Kim leaves and shares her cigarettes with a familiar face outside. Yeah, I kept wishing this entire scene that this column would fall over on him. (laughs) Yeah. Just to show, like, while he's talking to Kim, like, how how stupid this whole facade is. Stupid and flimsy. Right. Like, you are as flimsy as this stupid column Mm -hmm. in this stupid room in this stupid law office. Yeah. (laughs) 
everyone sees through it. Jesse sees through it. My God, yeah. he's the stupidest of all characters. He sees right through it. He's not with the, the exception stupidest. of maybe Badger. Badger's the stupidest <laughs> of all characters, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's actually pretty smart. He's just nobody ever gives him a chance. Right. The thing. It, but but you take my meaning like it, yeah no, this totally. falling over and I cannot believe they didn't do it because I thought it would be hilarious right yeah. like you can have your moment where you're like God he's being such a dick mm-hmm. and then like maybe as you know she's walking out or something it falls over on him and she's like might want to get that fixed <laughs> or I'm something sure, yeah you know, just, I'm sure they just didn't want to ruin the emotional impact of the moment <sighs> of her just like basically saying without saying all right. Well, this is what you're doing, apparently. So I'm gonna leave. Cause that's all I can well, do. Then you could have had moment. him just like break the column, be pissed off, all right? Right? That like, yeah, it didn't work. He knows that Kim knows that he's full of shit. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it would have been amazing, but it would have been pretty funny. The scene as is is very good as well. Like that that emotional note of like, yeah, just being the biggest douchebag about this whole scenario. And everybody, like you said, everybody knows in this moment that it is a facade. Mm -hmm. But he's also, he's making the choice to put on this facade. So Mm -hmm. even if it is fake, you're still a dick for trying to do it. Yeah. And I I mean, I feel, you know, bad for Kim. Mm -hmm. um, Because like she didn't want it to end this way. No. But he's making it in that way. Uh, and she does the right thing here. Don't say anything. Just, yeah. you know, if this is how he's going to be, just let him be that way and walk out. He's just trying to get a rise out of you, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, it's that kind of that kind of person. And she took the upper road, took the higher road. But she did not take her sandpiper money, which I found yeah. interesting. Everybody was wondering, like, where, you know, where does Jimmy get all this money for house and the women and the coke the breakfast bar i was kind of thinking after what happened happened with howard that she wouldn't want anything to do with it yeah it made sense yeah that is a very kim choice i mean what would she even do with it really Mm -hmm. nothing in good conscience yeah which is why i mean it it would just be a constant reminder right she'd look at her Mm -hmm. bank statement and go oh yeah i got this from killing my boss right defaming and then killing my boss Mm -hmm. basically yeah destroying my boss's reputation for good for the rest of forever yeah terrible uh we see uh after this very emotional signing with poor francesca having to kind of be in the middle of these two people who she's known forever she's known them since yeah the the innocent days basically Mm -hmm. When they were just trying to make it work together in a shared office, independently, yeah. that's when they brought her on, and now and now here we are, and she gives Kim a look that says, "It is what it is." Yeah, right. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, and Saul calls in his next client, who's Emilio. <laughs> and if you don't know who Emilio mm-hmm. is, that is Jesse's cooking partner in the yeah. beginning of Breaking Bad, uh, the one who goes to prison. Right, and then gets out, and is over at Crazy Eight's house. And yep, like, yep, yep. Bad scene. <laughs> yep, bad. Uh, yeah, his future is not bright. Not bright at all. Let's be honest, though. Half of Saul's clients don't do paperwork. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> yeah. a strange occurrence. Yeah, and they're 
unless it was to get a license. They have done no paperwork whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I was being a little, I was being coy about it, but it's Jesse outside. Yes. Wanting to bum a smoke. And there is, I thought, a, <laughs> a sweet and kind of funny parallel here between these two because Jimmy starting out, in some ways, I think is very similar to when Jesse was starting out, the innocence, or not the mm-hmm. innocence, but the still had hope, I guess, uh-huh. wasn't completely broken as a person, and they're mm-hmm. sharing a, not sharing a cigarette, but, you know, basically sharing a cigarette, just like Kim and Jimmy used to. Yes. In the yeah. parking garage at HHM. Yeah, for sure. Sad. Uh, I love Jesse just doing his Jesse stuff. Also, I'm always happy to get a little bit more of that, <laughs> even if it's a little fan service. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Give yeah. me more Jesse. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mind this scene. Um, mostly for the like, and the usually usually when you say crossing the threshold, you're talking about a, a moment of inspiration for a character or a moment mm-hmm. like a positive moment for a character. This is the opposite, right? This is like. She's walking from Kim Wexler, the attorney with blonde hair and uh, matching uh, skirt and blazer mm-hmm. to Kim Wexler, the Floridian who, I don't know, makes miracle whip sandwiches. And does not wear the earrings anymore. Yes. Yeah, she's None taking the those jewelry. spiky yeah. earrings out. Uh, yeah, and, and there's this like sheet of water that feels like a barrier that she's passing through, yeah. right? Like something definitive. It's like a portal to her moist future in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that and just like the the down nature, the downbeat nature of everything, right? Like yeah. it's just constant raining on raining on her parade. Rainy days, you know that the feeling of a rainy day. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. It's just like shitty outside and you don't want to do anything. Yeah, just gray. Makes your mood gray. Yeah. It yeah. feels like she's been in that gray zone, like literally throughout the show or throughout this episode until now uh, for six years. So Yeah. And that, yeah, and this is the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a good, good framing of the moment and of the future. Could Jesse afford a Versace hoodie? That that early on seems kind of is that what he's wearing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that pattern is like deeply Versace esque. Huh. Okay. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. But... I don't know. I mean, he's cooking meth, right? He could probably afford yeah. something. Look at his car. He's clearly yeah, done some work yeah, on his car. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe this is like the one nice hoodie he has. Yeah. And the rest are. Ah, he's got a lot of. I wouldn't call them nice. Uh, let's just say I don't think he's putting a lot of money into an IRA or anything. <laughs> like he's oh, probably yeah. <laughs> spending basically every cent he makes. Sure. As soon as he makes it. That's so fair. Yeah, yeah. A thirteen hundred dollar hoodie, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know why I'm acting like drug dealers don't buy nice clothes and cut car- <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> You've seen Breaking Bad, right? Yes, I have. Oh God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They buy burgundy shirts and pork pie hats. Mmm, yes, burgundy shirts. Ugh. Oh, Walter White, you suck. Why the order of these scenes? Um, it's a question I was asking myself when I saw this scene, which both happens before her breakdown on the bus and her call with Jean. 
but might have made those moments even more poignant if we saw what a douche Saul was to her in the end. Is is there a, is there yeah. something I'm missing here that makes like the order of these scenes particularly important? It must be kind of just a slow unveiling of information because if you had them smushed together in chronological order, yeah, it might not have that same impact. Mm. You, you there wouldn't be any like, question in your mind, and they like to make you think the entire yeah, time. They might have told you too much how to feel about Jimmy. Exactly. And the phone call. Yep. That so, makes sense. Yeah, so then by the time we get back to uh, the final scene and the way he's acting, yeah, I guess it makes more sense. Yeah. And this final line it's from more her, believable. Uh, when she's talking to Jesse, yes. you know, he asked, was, was he any good mm-hmm. or is he any good? And she says, when I knew him, he was, which, you know, this, this guy that she just met with, she doesn't even recognize him mm-hmm. and she doesn't recognize who he's pretending to be. So, yep, yeah, that's not Jimmy in there. That's a bitter, broken person. Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. Saul Goodman. <laughs> Sad, sad, sad. So for the final scene, we are back with Gene uh, as he takes a bus home, like we mentioned before. Jeffy calls from the police station, and Gene says he'll get Marion to post bail. But when he comes by to pick her up, she's figured out who he used to be and six the cops on him. And mm-hmm. he runs away. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, first thing I noticed in this scene is when he gets home, he's drinking straight scotch this time. No rusty nail. He doesn't bother to put the drambuie or the yeah. lemon juice in it. And it's just straight like scotch. And he seems like he's feeling pretty good about himself yeah. and things. He's yeah, the magic fingers. <sighs> singing on the way home. Sit yes. Singing is the word I'll use for it. <laughs> Even though I don't know that's just terribly Just like Bob accurate. Odenkirk has ever sang in this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consistent. It's nothing mm-hmm. if not consistent. Yeah, he's he's found some place where he really thinks like, he, he might be right. He might just think he's invincible. Because he's so smart, right? Because he's run so many successful yeah. cons. Because him singing really, really threw me, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's happiest when he's gaming the system. Yeah, when he's getting away with it. When he's yeah. when he's behind the curtain, making things move, and people don't even realize it, right? Am, am I going to have to take these scenes, these gene scenes, and just recontextualize everything I thought about him and Chuck's relationship? Hmm. Like maybe Chuck wasn't. Maybe I shouldn't be on Team Fuck Chuck. Maybe Jimmy was always an asshole and Chuck was just reacting to him being an asshole. I think he was an asshole in the way that Jesse was an asshole, which is to say has the emotional armor on immediately in any scenario and it it makes him do things that are worse than maybe his character would suggest yeah the way i read it is always like chuck was angry because jimmy got the kid gloves from his parents like he he was the kid that was loved more right or given more attention not necessarily Mm. even loved more just like they focused their attention on jimmy well of course they did because he was loud that's right but i I read that as like chuck was just bitter about that and so you know, when Jimmy made a mistake, he would never let it die. He would never forgive him. And I think that's true. But 
you know, maybe, maybe I mean, he, he was, was he was right about Slip and Jimmy being being a thing for sure, but also he was a dick about it. Sure. And he yeah. was if he had only been a dick in those situations dealing with those things, mm-hmm. it would be different, but he was a dick even when Jimmy was trying to make something of himself too. Yeah. He didn't let himself. He didn't let him make something of himself and thus made himself an enemy. Yeah. I mean, that's why those those first few seasons are so good yeah. with, with Michael McKean because so it's so complex. Like there There isn't a perfect right answer. There's mm-hmm. There are multiple answers depending on which side you're viewing it from mm-hmm. and all of them make sense. And now I'm finding there's a third option here where maybe Jimmy was always a <laughs> shit and deserved to be punished and Chuck was just doing the punishment that his parents wouldn't do. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But look where I let him. Look where I let him. Nowhere good. Nope, not for either of them. So, Gene menacing uh, poor Marion at the end of this episode. That was not surprising, but maybe, but maybe a little surprising. I don't know how to how to explain that. It's not something I expected, but then when it happened, I wasn't that surprised. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I was, I was not expecting it either. He's usually not like physically aggressive with people. Is the thing he uses his yes. words to hurt. Right. But in this scenario, I mean, he's it maybe was just an intimidation tactic, but still, he is like he has that phone cord wrapped around his hands, uh-huh. and he is getting close to again this. Lady who, although she is very self-possessed mm-hmm. and smart, she's still, you know, an old woman. Yeah, she's frail. She's got yeah, a walker. She can't she, move around. Exactly. She has an electric scooter. And I think that's why he is able to pull this off. I yeah. think, like, hey, he's he's changed, right? I think yeah. this, this nail in the coffin of him and Kim has driven him to an even darker place. Um, and I think if this were somebody else who he didn't think he could physically intimidate, he wouldn't even have tried this. Sure. Um, but, but I mean, he's doing a shade of this with Jeff as well. Um, there isn't like a physical intimidation, but there is a mental intimidation going on and it's mm-hmm. not his go-to move. Like he doesn't intimidate people. What he no, does is usually he gets dangles, their confidence. Right? Yeah. It's he dangles what they want in front of him and says, trust. yeah, and this is what you're going to do for me. And that's the other thing about this scene is, that option for him has been taken totally off the table. Mm-hmm. Once, like people might suspect, oh, you're a con man, whatever, you're playing me. What? But he can always come up with an excuse, right, yeah. to get them back in on the con. With this, she's seen the visual evidence of who he is. Mm-hmm. He tries one round of that. <laughs> you think that's me? <laughs> that's yeah. not me. And she's like, uh-huh, bullshit. Right. And then now he he's lost right he doesn't yeah. he can't go to his usual bag of tricks so he's resorting to the physical intimidation and it doesn't work and, and i'm glad it doesn't work right yeah, like me too. i, I me think too. like a the cops need to be called on him but b i'm glad he backs down yeah that that's that's the thing and and this wouldn't have felt true we've talked you know just last episode about the difference between jimmy and walt mm-hmm. as like anti-heroes or villains whatever you want to call them right um and i talked a little bit about like the choice that waltz made 
time and time again to be that bad person mm -hmm. and the mistakes that led Jimmy down a road to being bad and the fundamental difference I saw between those things. Right. And if he had made the decision here to like kill this woman, mm -hmm. that's all off the table. Like now you're just Walter White yeah, by another name. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, that would have been the move. If it had been Walter White. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Walt comes up and... and <laughs> Especially in-game, Walter White. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then her body goes in a barrel of acid and then she's yeah. off or she's off to the desert and buried and like... Yep. Yeah. No, Walt doesn't hesitate in that moment. He doesn't feel anything about it either. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yep, that's another person I had to kill. Too bad. Yeah. Got in my way. Scary. Real sociopath. So they do salvage Jimmy's character in this scene too. That, that's the thing that I yeah. like about it is it's not just telling you how far Gene is willing to go, but it's telling you how far he won't go. Yeah, I'm and glad. And it's salvaging some little bit of the character we used to love right? so much. Yeah, it almost feels like a, it's not a ploy for sympathy, but it's like, remember, he isn't completely terrible. Yeah. So you feel maybe like 5% bad for him for what happens to him in the next episode, mm -hmm. the end of this huge story. <laughs> that we've yeah. been showing you. Oh my god, this next episode, I can't. No, I'm super excited. I'm I'm super excited I mean, too. What and now I'm for nervous. him? Yeah, right. Like he, like you said, at the end of the episode, he literally runs away mm -hmm. from this scene as the cops are not approaching. They're not like close yet, but they're coming. Yeah, they know they're that Saul Goodman, this person, this wanted man. She knows his his fake name. She yeah. can say Gene Takovic, and and they can be like, all right, let's go to his house. Mm -hmm. So my guess is he runs to his house, gets what he gets his jewels and his he gets his Saul box, his Better Call Saul tapes, <laughs> yeah. and gets his scotch and he just runs. Yeah, again, I guess so. I don't. And where is he going to run to? Boy, it would be amazing and terrible if he ran to Florida. <laughs> Oh my but if God. he thinks he the but if he thinks that he has lost everything, right? If he literally has nothing left to lose, yeah. Where would this man go? And we know that he's still maybe Florida. He's he's angry at Kim for sure. He's angry. And then Kim turns him in. I that maybe. could be a fitting end to it that. Could be a fitting honestly. end. She already sort of turned herself in. Yeah, she turned herself in. She's she's gotten. As clear of a conscience as she's going to get. Mm -hmm. And now for him to come back and try and pull her back into it, she's got to say no to that. I don't even know if it's going to be that so much as like he wants to see her one more time. He wants to mm -hmm. just be in her presence because that was the last time. His time with her was the last good time that he had in his life. Yeah, totally. Like legit good time. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. He had lots of money and... <laughs> Sex, sex workers and stuff when he was Saul yeah, Goodman, yeah. but yeah, it's not the same. Not a quote unquote good time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not the that emotional connection that he had with her. Right, right. And she was also one of the few people who th thought that he was worth anything. Mm -hmm. She tried so hard to help him feel like he was worth something. But I, at the I end, go he, back to that with Chuck too. Yeah. Did Chuck try? Chuck, I think tried. I don't know that he did. I don't know that he tried in that way. He tried to in make his own him, way, which wasn't always healthy which or was useful. Vaguely emotionally abusive, yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> which is rubbed him the wrong way every time. And you have to you have to see that your approach is not working and then adjust your approach if you're not a douchebag. Yeah. Right? But he never was willing to do that. No. And you're right, Kim. Kim has... Kim stuck with him far longer than I expected her to, frankly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, she gave him all the chances in the world to turn this around. And now that she has gotten to a place where she can at least process her guilt mm-hmm. him showing up would just be ridiculous it would be devastating it would be which is why i am numbering it among the possibilities because also i just i can't think of anywhere else that he would run to well okay let's talk about the the final final scene here like the, yeah. the teaser for next week Ooh, yeah, they've yeah, been yeah, doing yeah, all yeah. season um it's just the Esteem, the, what is it, a Ford? I don't even remember. I it's don't an esteem. remember the branding, but the his esteem, old shitty car. his old shitty car that he lost in the desert, and it's still in the desert, seems like it's still on its side in a ditch, and it is yes. rusted over, so we know this is not, uh, not in the past, at least not that far in the past. Yeah, I suppose maybe it could be like, Breaking bad. It could days. be, yeah, divorce papers era. Maybe. Maybe that's pretty early for it to be this rusty. Yeah. Also, was it in black and white? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think it might have been both. It might have been, tra- okay. it might have transitioned from black okay. and white to color. Shit. I wish I could remember. Which, yeah. I only saw it once, is the thing. I think Me we too. skipped the teaser the first time we watched the episode. Yeah, because Amazon does that thing where, like, we're going to yeah. play another thing in two seconds if you don't hit the button. Mm, yeah, and acknowledge like, that you're alive. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to play in. Like, how could it either. possibly play in unless we do a memory tour next week and it's... Yeah, right. It's a big... <laughs> Uh, next episode is just episode. a montage yeah. it's nothing but a montage and they did it specifically for you because you complain about the right. <laughs> montages so often I here mean, you go fucko it would be a fitting way for this series to end <laughs> with just a full episode montage and I don't know that uh, I've ever seen anyone do a full episode montage for, I've seen a one I've seen I've seen a full episode reason. single shot one camera thing yeah yeah me too but I've never seen a full episode montage, so maybe. Oh, God. And you're right, I would hate that. Uh, I, I would hate it, too. That would not be satisfying. But yeah, I am I am so curious. Is this just like, is this evidence? I don't. That's the other thing, too. We don't know how far back Kim went with her, her affidavit, her confession. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like the entire length of their conning together i don't know how much of the cartels stuff that she is admitting to and it could be more than we saw in the letter that she gave to uh cheryl right because she gave a copy of something to the da which Mm -hmm. could be more you know yeah and she just gave cheryl the stuff that pertained to howard i don't know I don't know either, but I guess if she is going to talk about uh, Lalo, she probably has to go back to the beginning, which would involve Jimmy in the desert. That is the beginning of their, mm-hmm. of the Lalo stuff. Yeah. And even before that was Nacho. I don't know how much of that she actually knows about, but bare minimum, mm-hmm. she knows about the desert. Oh yeah, for sure. So that could be why we're seeing the esteem again. But who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is a montage. I'll fucking hate it <laughs> if that's the case. But <laughs> No, we, I, I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure yeah. they've got something big planned for the final episode. 
uh, we got to get final predictions in, though. Do you think mm. Gene slash Saul slash Jimmy lives? Do you think he goes to prison? Do you think he gets away scot-free? Whether that's, you know, a miserable life or whether that's living in Barbados or something. <laughs> Belize, maybe he's going. He legitimately, literally goes to Belize. <laughs> literally goes to Belize. Uh huh. I oh, because that's the other thing about that mm, teaser is mm. he is trying to call the vacuum repair yeah, guy again. Yeah. And of course, Robert Forrester died at some point. The um, person, yeah. In in the recent past, mm-hmm. uh, so that actor won't be around to play them. I assume the dis- disappearer wouldn't even take his call, like after the last. Wasn't yeah. it two times he I called him? Yeah, I don't think you can double and triple dip, can you? I, I mean, he talked to. about how expensive it was going to be last time. Yeah. So maybe he can give him these jewels and... Oh, that's right. I forgot that he did happen, He did call him in yeah, once before him. in the Gene, the Gene timeline. Mm-hmm. Gosh, how long ago And then was said, that? cancel that. Yeah. That was last season, wasn't it? I think so. It yeah. was very recent. It was like the end of the last season, wasn't it? When he was like, I'm going to take care of it myself, like you just said. Yes. Yes, because Jeff was following him. Yep. Uh, Okay, so he does still have access, but yeah, maybe dude's just like, I can't can't with this guy. I can't with this guy. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Especially, I don't know if the cops are already He's too hot, right? He's super hot again. This is the second time that he's been on the radar of the cops, it's going to be even harder to hide him. I don't yeah. think I want anything to do with him. Liability. Huge liability. Mm-hmm. It's like a trace back. I mean, how did he get a new identity in the first place? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he can hide twice. So, I I don't think he gets away scot-free. That said, I don't know if he... If he does die, I... Maybe be, like, accidental or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh... I don't know. Can you see him going to prison? What do you think? Um, yeah, I could see him going to prison. It feels like the most fitting thing. It would be the most fitting thing. Especially when, like, a lot of this starts because of the Chicago sunroof, right? <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. that's where, like, this whole cycle really started up again because I felt like he was out of Chuck's life just off doing his own con thing for a while until he got oh, caught for the Chicago sunroof. You know what happened? Hmm. Oh, shit. I just made this connection. The Chicago sunroof also happened because of a woman. Did it was really? his previous wife. Yeah. Oh. So he got, oh, ups- yeah. he got upset about that, and they did a stupid thing that got him booked. And here he is so, doing that same shit same again. Thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he falls into oh, patterns. Oh, my God. He's, he's Don't we all? Yeah. experienced no character growth in this entire series. Poor guy. Which, I don't know, is that better or worse than Walt, who experienced immense character change, but... For the super worse? Yeah, became worse and worse all the time. Yeah. Although, really, you could say that Walt was kind of always that person. He just kept sure. it inside. He would, yeah. he would say snarky things about his family and everybody he knew, but, like, on the inside. Mm-hmm. He just ate up all that poison poison in the belly and then eventually it became poison outside his belly yeah <sighs> sad oh i see him going to prison tragic that's what i see yeah i don't know if that'll be what actually happens but I, i'm with you i think that would be the most fitting thing mm-hmm. certainly 
At the very least, he's he's done a lot of crime yeah. in his life. Deserves to he's be done in prison. many crimes. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't deserve like a death sentence or anything, but certainly he needs to be locked away. I do feel like that with that scene with the cancer guy that the the special place in hell for mm-hmm. people like him. I think that's going to be important. It's not just going to be that he goes to a prison or whatnot. It's going to be something about the way he goes to prison, something about the, the the prison he the time he has to serve. Something about it is going to be extra specially grating to him. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know imprisonment to Jimmy would probably be like the end of his life. It'd just be the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how he, you know, begs and pleads with Chuck to, to get him off yeah. from the Chicago sunroof stuff. But like, I, I feel like there, that's a loaded line from him when he's essentially talking about Jimmy and saying there's a special place in hell for people like you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might be right in that. And especially the the thing that might end up getting him caught. Oh, shoot, no. It's part of what gets him caught. One, he was a con man mm-hmm. from uh, a wanted con man. But also, two, he was scamming a dude with cancer. Mm-hmm. That alone is not going to look great in the court of public opinion, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just trying to think what is, what would qualify as a special hell for Saul Goodman, for Jimmy McGill? It would be to be disliked by everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? His reputation ruined again. I, but his reputation's already been ruined. I felt like he was as, in a special hell as Gene. <laughs> yeah. He was kind of, it was like purgatory for him. I think that might be a good. Uh, analogy from him and he and Kim him and Kim mm-hmm. I don't know what the proper grammar is there but they're both in purgatory H- but Himmy and Kim H- Himmy and Kimmy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Himmy, Jimmy and Kimmy uh-huh. uh, they've both been living their own special little purgatories so if she's out of hers one way or the other then yeah he needs to be out of his yeah but he's got to go but to the special bad like? place yeah and what would be an actual bad place for him good question it would be somewhere where he's hated by everybody. So And you can't drink anymore. <laughs> yeah, sure. No more rusty. All he has is drain movie. Thumbtacks no or whatever. scotch. Dray movie. <laughs> yeah, no lemon juice. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see you next week. It's not that far off. Yeah. Uh but we have some feedback to do. All right. How about we get to that? Let's do it. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked. And they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Oh boy, you are missing out. 
Not only are all of our Premium Club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-round movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is reward unto itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. All right. I want to start off before we do this. Uh, I got an email from a website that does auctions of memorabilia. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was kind of cool. So I just want to talk about it. We're not getting paid or anything to say it, but they're doing a better call Saul auction off uh, auction pretty soon. They just announced it. They're auctioning off like better call Saul costumes and props (laughs) and other memorabilia. There's like, Chuck's journal and space blanket is one of the lots. Oh boy! There's Gus's Los Poyos uniform oh, and his man. cell phone. Wow! There's Hector's. It's Hector's bell, but it's <gasps> really it's the backup bell. It's not the one that was used on. Oh, okay. Like on screen, but it's one from the production. Okay, that's still pretty cool. Uh, there's the world's second best lawyer mug, minus the bullet <laughs> hole. Oh, I love it! And my favorite, the Zafiro Añejo bottle with the stopper. Wow! Yeah. So, I don't know. Those are just the featured ones. There are probably going to be a lot more other lots up for auction. If you're interested in that, a uh, portion of the profits do go to a local um, Albuquerque charities. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool, too. It uh, begins August 18th, and you can go to propstore.com slash bettercallsaul to get more info on that. Shoot. Happy bidding. Yeah. If you get something, tell us that. about it, please. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, we'll probably be done with this podcast by then, though. The yeah, 18th but you can still... eight days from now. And maybe we'll have a wrap-up podcast. I'm, yeah. I'm not certain on that yet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move into the actual feedback here. Some of the stuff from last week, too. And I apologize to everybody <laughs> because I had to make some brutal cuts this week. Boy. Brutal cuts. Yeah, people were loving this episode. And so there was a lot of feedback that came in. So if I don't read yours, I apologize. But let's get to it. Susan says, I just want to drop you a line for a correction. And this is a, right, this right. Is a mea culpa Uh-oh. for me. Um, in regard to the montage song in Better Call Saul episode 11 season 6 you mentioned they had to lengthen the song for the montage however if you go back and listen to the Insider podcast they actually didn't have to alter that song they said in fact this was the one that worked out then they gave examples of other instances oh, in which okay. they did have to lengthen songs and how difficult that was to do I enjoy your podcast every week but I just couldn't let that factoid go <laughs> yeah thank you I apparently misheard that um, oops Along with another fact from it that, oh, mm. uh, mea culpa. Yeah, I messed up. So who <laughs> knows? Correction. Maybe in retrospect, that episode is better. <laughs> I might need to give it a chance. Here's what I will say about Better Call Saul. 
I think the whole show is better in retrospect. I think a binge watch of this show it's very is like rewarding. twice as good yeah. as a week to week watch. Definitely. You get you get your answers a lot more quickly. And the parts that seem slow don't seem as egregious because I don't have to wait seven mm-hmm. more days right. to get another to get the continuation of that story, right? Yeah. Like I can watch in three hours this arc of Gene, mm-hmm. whereas I had to wait three weeks to do it. Yeah. So I agree yes, with that. I, I don't know that I will. I, I will probably actually feel much better about the episode when I watch it again, just because I'm binging it. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, um, and actually a lot of other people wrote in to talk about the flashbacks to Breaking Bad from last week. Yeah. Um, and we were asking, you know, specifically what the need, I guess, of um, those flashbacks, especially the one with Saul walking into the school at the end of the episode were. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve says, I don't think it's purely there to connect to Dot. I think the writers are trying to compare Gene's choice of going to the house with Saul's choice of approaching Walt to get in on his meth enterprise. There's an argument to say all of the flashbacks in this episode had a similar purpose. The episode is called Breaking Bad because it shows the times in which Saul breaks bad in the original series and again as Gene. Gene is repeating his old mistakes and doesn't seem to have learned from them. These mistakes always seem to be triggered by a confrontation with or concerning Kim. And I think you're right. I agree with that. Um, makes a lot of sense. But I got all that from the scene with Mike and Saul in his office. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't feel like I needed the reinforcement of that theme through the other like multiple flashbacks. Uh, yeah, I, I still agree with you on that one. That that point was not lost to me. That parallel was not lost to me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's in the Ding Dang title, so... Right, right. And we did talk about <laughs> like it. Said, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought we did, but... Like Saul wanted in on this because he's greedy. Yeah. You know? But we have... It is nice that we have greater context now with this episode. We know that the mm-hmm. official divorce was also happening around this time. True. And that's when he decided, fuck it, let's get involved with this deeper, deeper shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't long before this i think i think this divorce paper signing scene happens before that scene right with mike in his office uh i i don't going to waltz high school i don't know that's necessarily true but i think that he had the papers for longer than gotcha than just that scene Mm -hmm. because that's you know you have like a certain amount of time to respond i think whenever you Mm -hmm. get that kind of when you're served those kind of papers. Yeah. No, so, I know people who've been through divorces and it takes a while. Yeah. Typically, right. especially if it's contentious. Although this one didn't seem to be. Kim didn't want anything out of this. No, no. She, she just, just wanted, wanted it to it. be over. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anonymous writes in. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, says, what I wanted to ask about is something I've always wondered ever since Breaking Bad how much do people working for drug kingpins make in this universe? They never really show how much Mike, Tyrus, or any of their other cohorts actually bring home. This isn't something I want in my Google history, but I've long <laughs> been curious about. Well, I didn't put it in my Google history either. Uh, uh, me either. And he says, if the Bald Move Empire offers a similar and competitive pay structure, I'm available for hire, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, so I calibrate after bitter call Saul, i calibrate off of nacho's house i was thinking that is the exact example i was okay, thinking of cool. yeah it was nacho's house 
He's got a pretty nice house. He's got a pretty nice house. He's got a pretty nice car. He's got pretty nice shit in his house. Yeah. He wears nice clothes. He probably he at least chains. gets his drugs wholesale, so you can't really count the cost of drugs. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, so a fair a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Definitely more than either of us are making. Yeah. Here uh, I mean, podcast. Jesse's wearing 13, potentially 13 or more hundred dollar Versace yeah, and he's not even hoodies and he's low big level. time. Yeah, he's nowhere near Nacho. No, he's not a part of the cartel. My God. Yeah. No, I bet I bet guys like Mike Tyrus, uh, Victor, all of them are making plenty of money. A ton of money. They're just smart enough to not be super flashy about it. Like Mike is just putting all the money into uh, Kaylee's school fund, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Trust fund. And that's the thing that was like, there's a lot of money coming Mike's way that probably wouldn't come the way of them. And and I, mm-hmm. I also think of like what Gus offered Walt to cook for him. For three months. For three months. It was like yeah. $70 million, wasn't it? It was, mm-hmm. wasn't it like an insane amount of money? It wasn't that much, but it was, it was oh. 5 million, I think. Yeah, seventy million was the amount that he had stored up yeah. in his money shed. Yeah. By the end, okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was an insane amount of money for a few months, right? So for if just you a say, few months, yeah. And, and I know, like, you pay your cooks well. Mm-hmm. You want to pay them especially well. Um. But you also take into account you, that one of them is like a, a fucking high school chemistry teacher, uh-huh. so. It's probably not used to a lot of money, so you can probably lowball him a little bit. Sure. I mean, when you calculate how much, because people did that math on how much money yeah. Gus would have earned from that deal, right. it was hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think Walt did that math. Also, he might have. Yeah. Yeah, he was. That was part of the whole thing of trying to get Jesse and Mike on his side. It was like, oh, you're not. Mm-hmm. We're not getting even a fraction of what this guy's making. What the hell? Because he you know, is a greedy fuck. Right. Yeah, you're also not exposing your ass to as much risk. <laughs> right. You yeah. didn't have Lala Sal- Salamanca sneaking in your pipes, <laughs> your sewer pipes. Nope. Not going to say that. <laughs> okay. Lala Salamanca is welcome in my to sewer sneak in your pipes. pipes. <laughs> Uh, cut it out <laughs> cut it out <laughs> never oh god uh yeah so i assume they're making pretty good money mm-hmm. all right reginald says for purely selfish reasons i was relieved to see gene be so determined to steal the identity of his mark who has cancer in breaking bad the, the episode breaking bad mm-hmm. it's the same reason i needed to see that scene in fun and games where kim mercilessly crushes the spirit of howard's widow cheryl yeah i want my bad guys to be bad yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want my bad guys to have nuance. Lalo and Gus have so many layers to their personalities. I would definitely watch a prequel featuring either of them. It's just that I want the characters I've turned against to be thoroughly worthy of my scorn. I don't <laughs> want to be conflicted in my emotions. For instance, because of the way she has acted the last two seasons, I know exactly how I feel about Kim. Hopefully she'll become a better person and find some solace in Florida, but I've emotionally moved on from her. The sympathy and affection I had for her are totally gone. That's why it doesn't hurt when, or it didn't hurt when she left. And frankly, I don't ever need to see her again until seeing the episode breaking bad. I still had conflicting emotions toward Jimmy in the past. I've had some warm feelings toward him, but at the start of the series or no, not, but 
at the start of the series, I felt sympathy for Jimmy because even though he truly loved his brother and took care of him, Chuck constantly looked down on him and tried to sabotage his career. Later, I thought Jimmy had some redemptive qualities when he repentantly undid the rift that he had caused between Irene and her friends in the episode Lantern. But now, Gene is so off the rails that it wouldn't surprise me if he hits the guy over the head and kills him if the man with cancer <laughs> wakes up and finds Gene in his house. Well, I'd be happy to know he did not do that. After the episode Breaking Bad, I am not rooting for Jimmy Saul Gene in any way. It's Walter White all over again. Okay. To each their own, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. I feel more sympathetic toward Kim and less sympathetic toward Jimmy now. Um, I do too, yeah. And so I, I'm kind of with you there. I do think like, yeah. I think I'm better prepared now to see uh, the consequences fall upon Gene's head yeah. than I was before. I think I was more conflicted about it, but now that I see mm -hmm. that, oh, he he's not choosing to go the other way when he could. He's yeah. choosing to lean completely into the terribleness. So. Well, like 99% of the way. That, like I said, he doesn't kill Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, he's, he's leaning into his own personal worst self. Totally. Yeah. The, the lowest he's been before. He's there again. Right. But I do draw the line at Walter White. I don't think no, Jimmy no, no, no. and Walt are the same. Um, They're not. They both suck, but uh, they suck in different ways. Yeah. And Jimmy's line... It's kind of strange that Jimmy's line is killing this old woman. And maybe it's because he's, you know, he did his elder law stint and he just can't bring himself to do that to somebody who reminds some of these people that he loved so much. Mm -hmm. um, because we have seen him be pretty remorseless about killing people. Yeah, like he but suggests he's never, you just kill Badger. He, but he's never the one who does it himself. Is right, the thing. right. Yeah. Sure. Because he's too Walt squeamish, didn't kill probably. Jane. He just let it happen, and he's a monster, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But we haven't seen we haven't seen Jimmy in that same scenario where he could prevent a person from dying and chooses not to. So, sure. so he, he untested in that way. And Walt's killed many more people. I mean, Walt poisons kids to get yeah. away with stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a real piece of shit. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I draw a big, big bright line between the two of them, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm con feeling man more... versus con man versus like psychopath, basically. Totally. All right, Sean says, "Hey, just want to say thank you to you and Alexis for being critical of last week's episode. It seems to become taboo for anyone <laughs> to dare say anything less than perfect about Better Call Saul. I too felt let down after watching it. I love the show, but its worst trait is the overindulgence it can slip into, and that was on full display in episode eleven. I didn't need to be hit over the head with the reminder that Saul mentioned Ignacio and Lalo <laughs> in the desert during Breaking Bad. Yeah. I also disliked all these episodes being in black and white. Oh, okay. Hmm. Again, the show can be so pretentious and makes itself worse at times because of that. I wouldn't be surprised if the finale includes a montage of all the montages yeah. they've done. <laughs> now we're thinking alike. All right. <laughs> anyway, <Boy. laughs> I do fully enjoy and appreciate Better Call Saul. It's one of the better TV shows I've ever watched. I don't mean to be negative, but there are criticisms criticisms to be had, and I'm glad you two aren't afraid to voice them. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, if you can't if you can't be honest about the thing that you like, then do you even actually like it? I don't know. Yeah, you like some image of a show that you you didn't watch. Yeah, I mean, you didn't watch the perfect show. You watched a show that is like ninety percent amazing. Mm -hmm. It has and ten percent eh. annoying moments. Yeah. yeah. 
Nobody, nobody's worshiping anything here, for sure. Definitely not. Not putting anything on a pedestal. We are not those kind of people. Not on bald move. Never. <laughs> All right, Jeff writes in. Hmm, Jeffy says... I just wrecked my cab. Do you have any recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> the cops are approaching. <laughs> Help. Uh, what do I do? Help. He says this is not his comment, but he saw it on Reddit and thought it was mm. entertaining. Uh, or thought it was something. <laughs> Better Call Saul will end with Gene defecating through a sunroof and getting caught. <laughs> Gene goes to jail for giving someone a Chicago sunroof. Jimmy's butt is Gilligan's gun on a mantle. Elegant, simple, profound, poignant. Uh, just like your email. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. I think there's a non-zero chance that'll happen. I mean, he's kind he's of already, already shit through I was gonna, Emotionally, yeah. He's emotionally <laughs> done a Chicago sunroof already. So he like, Chicago sunroofed himself. <laughs> right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Rose. <laughs> Kim Chicago sunroofed his heart on that phone call. He, yeah. he had opened his heart and it was just waiting there. Little did she know. There was a an eight year old con man boy sitting in the back seat of that heart. She shit all over it. She sure did, but also not her fault. <laughs> they were dunsky as far as she knew. All right, Josh H says I'm calling bullshit on this whole series. Hmm. AskJeeves.com dropped the Jeeves. <laughs> And became just ask.com in February 2006, a full oh, four and a I half see. years before Marion first gets online during the Gene timeline. They simply must address this plot hole in next week's finale. I, I can address it right here. I can tell you what the problem is. She accidentally found her way to askjeeves.co.uk because apparently mm. over there across the pond, they added the Jeeves back in 2009 hmm. and kept it there until 2016. Wow. And then took it away again? So, well, then I think Ask just... Oh, okay. I, I don't know what Ask.com is now, but it's sure. probably a shadow of its former self. Uh, so maybe she, yeah, she accidentally stumbled onto the UK version of the site. It's the only thing I could think of. That's a good, that's a good... Uh, what's the word for whenever you are trying to make an excuse for somebody? <laughs> um, right? I had it. Then I, I just call it, it headcanon. When I'm dealing with television. Ah. That's my headcanon for this. Sure. That works. Although, if they had said ask.com, I don't know that I would have necessarily gotten the reference. But Ask Jeeves, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that took me right back to the 90s childhood. Yeah. Apparently before 2006, if you're in the U.S. Yep. Anyway, he says, okay, just kidding. As for <laughs> what to actually expect next week, it seems potentially noteworthy that Kim's new love interest in Florida doesn't seem to be her husband or to even live with her. The show could simply be telling us that she doesn't want to commit to the Mayo Man, but <laughs> could also be setting up a more meaningful reunion with her and Saul in the finale, since doing so wouldn't force her to end a serious relationship. There is so much literal and figurative distance between them, it's hard to see how they could cover that much ground in a single episode, but the romantic in me is hoping for it. But mostly I'm just excited to see how things actually unfold. Me too. I am also excited. I I think that the romantic in me, as far as Kim and Jimmy having any kind of happy ending, I think that died mm-hmm. at the beginning of this season pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I kind of stopped hoping for that kind of thing. I stopped allowing myself to hope for that kind of thing. And also, it's not like they deserve it. So, 
No, no. I mean, she doesn't deserve to be with him because he sucks. And he doesn't deserve to be with her because she's better than he is. Yeah. I don't know. Because they, they make each other worse, unfortunately. They do, yeah. I mean, Kim's definitely right about that. But also, I feel like he makes her worse than she makes him. Oh, definitely. No, she she is a better influence on him than he has ever been on her. Yeah. She did not call herself Giselle. Nope. Not until he started it. Next up is Reginald, who says, It seems as though many have already opined about the significance of playing Escape, which is the Pina Colada song. Mm. Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. In the background of the picnic scene of Waterworks, they say that obviously the song is referring to Kim. She wants to escape from Saul and her old life. So there you have it. That's reasonable, but I believe the song relates more so to Saul. Unlike the narrator of the song, Saul knows the person he is or was in a relationship with is what he really wants. But tragically, like the bard of escape, Saul doesn't know. Saul doesn't really know his partner. Saul tremendously underestimates Kim's moral fiber. Six years apparently softened her enough so that when she was challenged by Saul to turn herself in, she was strong enough to practice what she said she was preaching to him. Or sorry, what he said she was preaching to him. In my last email, I said that my mind was made up about Kim and that I didn't need to see her anymore, <laughs> and I'm changing my stance completely. It was great to see her not only do the right thing by confessing to the authorities and Howard's widow, it was also good to see her show some sorrow for everything when she broke down on the way home. Yeah, definitely. Even if if she plays no part whatsoever in the last episode, this was this was good for me in that exact yeah. same way. It was good to see her being Kim, like the the version of Kim that we I think came to love the most mm -hmm. earlier in the the show. Yeah, and it's ironic that it's an episode where you really don't see that version of her. Mm -hmm. All you see is a broken woman crying, and you're able to. <laughs> you know, piece together the puzzle of her future, I guess. Yeah. Like, what does this mean to her? What What is this going to mean for her future? Um, is this, is this uh, a mental breakdown? Is this um, despair? Is it I think healing? Yeah. I think it's important to, to note that she's laughing too. She's uh -huh. not just crying. She She's laughing a little bit too, which is what, Leads me to think that there is some relief there. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. What, I, that's what I read it as, healing. Mm -hmm. uh, or the start of it. Yeah. Anyway. Finally got some freaking uh, Neosporin on that big old gash. Mm -hmm. Right, Scott E says, um, a few points here, much better episode. Don't think 611 looks any better in hindsight, however. <laughs> uh, I called Marion nailing him, but apparently so did a lot of people. Mm -hmm. She should have just gone to the police and outed him there. I don't really buy that she lost track of time looking at Better, Saul, Better Call Saul commercials, but they needed it for plot, I guess. I could buy it. It's a pretty big revelation. It is, and you know he has like 30 of those commercials. Oh, So God. she's probably just watching. She was on a yeah. playlist, a YouTube playlist. Right. If you thought cats on Roombas were entertaining. Yeah, watch this comb over dickhead. Uh, also says, I do think they overdid it in hammering how pathetic Kim's life is now. Skylar's Breaking Bad episode one birthday gift is now a runner up for saddest on screen sex act. Kim's Kim lacks agency to a point where you wonder about the consent behind her relationship with Crokey's guy. Is that like a frog reference? I don't does it know. sound like a frog? I don't know. 
She doesn't seem capable of the enthusiastic consent that has rightly become the hallmark of modern consent conceptions. Uh, yeah. I mean, she doesn't. No, she she's... can't. She's incapable of making a choice. That's the thing about her in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So you're not you're not wrong. I don't think the show is trying to go there yeah. for sure. But I mean, she's doing. They're doing like puzzles and watching TV after. So obviously, everything's basically fine. It's just. Yeah, she was kind of letting things happen to her more so than making her own decisions. Mm-hmm. I really liked the scene with Kim and Cheryl. We knew that this was uh, that was Kim's lowest moment, what broke her of her Jimmy addiction. It's great to see her take steps to unwind that, as devastating as it was to watch. I can hear her saying she wanted to make it right, and Mike's ghost responding, you can never do that. Yeah. Or that you can never do. Uh, thought a little odd that Cheryl thought Kim would know what would happen next. For one thing... It's up to the prosecutor whether to charge is a pretty basic thing that Cheryl, as a lawyer, right, would get. For another, Kim's explanation about lack of corroboration made no sense. If you sign an affidavit you did the crime, saying you did the crime, they don't need other evidence. That's why cops wear people down to get confessions. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. We do have several lawyers who listen to this podcast, and if they wanted to chime in about how ironclad this confession would be, in court of law, I would love to hear that. Yeah, that would be super useful. I was curious about that too. Yeah. Um, and he says, could have done without the young Jesse cameo. Are we supposed to <laughs> now believe Breaking Bad was all Kim's fault? Gus would have found Walt without Saul. He found him because Gail fell in love with the blue stuff. Gus would have made that connection happen with or without Saul. I think it's honestly more Jimmy's fault than Kim's. I, yeah. Like when he presses the issue with Mike mm-hmm. to go find Heisenberg. Yeah, and tries to bring him to Gus. Exactly. I, I think that's more responsible. Um, and then he'd say, I'm, I'd say I'm looking forward to the finale, but I'm very concerned where this is going for Kim. And I frankly couldn't care what happens to Gene, Jimmy Saul. Hmm. I'm, I, I'm wondering if we get more Kim. Yeah, I'm on the fence with that too. I, I like the idea of Saul just going, or Gene, Saul, whatever, uh, just going full lunatic. Mm-hmm. And going to Florida because he has nowhere else to go at this sure. point. But also, how likely is that? I'm not a I'm not a writer, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm up for whatever they want to do as long as it is compelling and satisfying. Yeah, I d- in some way. It, it, honestly, yeah, it can't be an episode long montage. That's the only <laughs> thing I'm ruling out for now. We'll see how it goes. I don't want to put too much expectations on it. Because yeah. that's the surest way to ruin an episode. It, to be to disappointed in, with in something. Yeah, is to come in with a bunch of loaded. Ideas. Exactly. And sometimes they work out. That works out in the favor of the show. Like with Kim, I was, I had a lot of ideas about what was going to happen and her breaking up with him because they are so bad for each other because like they're so good for each other, right? It's mm-hmm. It was kind of the perfect way out that I never saw. And all my own ideas were half as good as that one. Yeah, same here. And I was like, God, you blew me away (laughs) because my ideas were not that. We're weak. But other times it can totally sabotage your enjoyment. Yeah. Jared writes in and says, Kim and Ray Seahorn are, of course, amazing, but I'm writing in for one reason and one reason only. On the last episode when discussing the phone booth scene, Alexis suggested that not not hearing the conversation was a letdown in part because they know we're starved for Kim-formation. 
And Jim didn't even react. Not even a half laugh, let alone the standing ovation it deserves. Come on now. Please, let's all take some time to recognize the genius on display here. Kim Formation. I'm very... I, I've been known to port a manto from every now and again. I missed it. That's why I didn't react. I missed mm, it. It was too smooth. It was My too delivery smooth. was too smooth. Damn. Well, thank you for that. Appreciate that. Christopher writes in, says, I noticed some discussion about who is the better person, Walt or Saul. Kind of changed my stance. I always assumed they were the same because I assumed the people who were so sure Jimmy was a better person, partly saying that because it's been so long since we saw Saul doing all the stuff he did in Breaking Bad. Dude helped facilitate multiple murders. He laundered money for very dangerous criminal organizations. He helped plant that poison. We saw so much of nice Jimmy for multiple seasons, it made it hard not to feel for him. With Walt, he started murdering people from episode one. We didn't see him just teaching, minding his own business, and getting an apathetic old-fashioned from his wife. <laughs> Dude was in undies standing over dead bodies episode one. Yeah. But as I said, my mind changed. I think if Walt, if it was Walt, he totally would have murdered Marion. Yep. Walt wants to win and succeed to the point of being the devil. There are certain things, at least in the Gene timeline, maybe he won't do. Uh, now, granted, not murdering a sickly old lady is not a massively high bar. Yeah. <laughs> Namely, when it would have involved Jimmy choking her to death with a wire, but it's something. I think Walt not only would kill her, but not be broken up about it. Yes, this is mm-hmm. this is the email I read earlier uh, mm. when I was compiling this stuff, and yes, that very much informed my opinion. So, I think I think I agree with that. Like that's the fundamental difference, right? He has a line. Mm-hmm. That is the difference. Again, extremely low bar. Uh, to pass but he he does have a line that you can draw whereas yeah Walt is just he <laughs> wants mean, his shit that's what Breaking Bad now. is right that, the Breaking Bad is yeah. a series of scenes where you you are seeing if you found Walt's line yeah and you're constantly eh, I, I wouldn't say some people are probably not constantly surprised that you never found it all the way up to the end first time watching it with you I, I was constantly surprised I'm like Me oh yeah. wow really uh, wow okay and then yeah like well he had to kill this person you know it was a, <laughs> it was a guy who was actively trying to kill him what are you gonna do? and then yeah. it becomes not self-defense it's anymore like, at oh, some point he let jane die because she was destroying jesse and he loves jesse and so i understand but like yeah eventually he's just she wasn't destroying jesse jesse is the one who got jane back on drugs i think we forget about that sometimes uh yeah because jesse Man, is always he always well every time something like really messed up happened in his life he would go immediately back to the meth mm-hmm. i think that happened at least once and she was trying to be there for him in the moment but then yeah you know, she took it that's too how far addiction she's an addict yeah. that's how addiction works yep yeah totally yeah um so. all right Brad writes in and says, kudos to Bob Odenkirk's acting for managing to reach Saul's final Pokemon evolution gene. It's a full display of smarm, ego, self-destruction, shameless perversion, and emotional rot. With just a minor emotional shift, he portrays the same jokes lovable Jimmy, soulless but charming Saul, and charmless and evil Gene will make with completely different emotional undertones. I would dare say Gene in this episode is more unlikable than even Walt. Boy, a lot of people going at, going hard, hard at Gene. yeah. At times, Odenkirk channels in Gene the depths of Chuck's grandiosity by suggesting he is smarter than the same feds he just lean, just learned had found every single financial asset he had. Mm-hmm. 
While the depravity in this episode is clearly setting up the emotional breakdown and potential come-to-Jesus moment of the real man, Jimmy McGill, I cannot believe how foreign a character I've followed since 2009 felt to me. Uh, I was disgusted with him the entire episode. In the finale, I hope Jimmy gets redemption, Saul gets self-awareness, and Gene gets a life sentence. This is why I wish for awards, uh, awards panels, like people who hand out awards, they would get to see entire seasons of shows or entire Mm -hmm. series. Because you're right, the Gene performance itself does not stand out in any way. It's it's not an incredibly complex performance on its own, but when it takes in context with all the other aspects of that character, the different versions of that character, it's pretty incredible. It is, yeah. He he does an amazing job. I do think that Bob Odenkirk was the absolute perfect choice for yeah. this role. Yeah. Because I don't know if anybody else would be able to pull it off as authentically as he has. Because he can be so sympathetic, but he can also be such a bastard. Mm-hmm. And to to be able to hold both of those truths within yourself, that's that's some powerful acting. Yeah. No, I, I've been super impressed with him mm-hmm. the entire time. And, you know, he wins awards and, and gets a lot of credit, but I think he's doing something incredibly hard. It's different than what Brian Cranston was doing as definitely, Walt. Like, definitely. yeah, you can compare the, the two shows in the same universe, and people obviously do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Cranston was given a lot more scenery to chew. And boy, he chewed it well. <laughs> but this yeah, is different. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't struggle morally and ethically the way that Jimmy has. The way that Jesse did, too. He's another sort of tragic character. I mm-hmm. still see Jimmy Saul Jean as a tragic character. Yeah, even if even if a lot of the tragedy like he has brought upon his own head, mm-hmm. it's still there have been moments where he he could have been more. He could have been better than he is, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. The stars didn't align. No, he's definitely tragic. I agree. Like I said last week, Shakespearean levels of tragedy here. Yeah, totally. Uh, Rinaldi writes in, says, you're going to make a case for Kim suffering more than any other character in the Breaking Bad universe, and it's not even close. Hmm. mayonnaise (laughs) conversations about mayonnaise (laughs) boring boyfriend who says yep all the time even in the bedroom boring parties with friends who stare at food arrangements all day boring co-workers at a boring job where the conversations revolve around mayonnaise I hate mayonnaise by the way Mm, I bet you're gonna love the earlier part of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) hey Miracle Whip is not mayonnaise we could be Miracle Whip buddies Rinaldi you and I, we don't have to ever talk about mayonnaise. We can just talk about Miracle Whip. Disgusting. <laughs> Kim's, Kim's terrified behavior during the phone call reminded me of Kim at 13 years old having to avoid her drunk mom in the car offering her a ride. Yeah. Jimmy basically acted like Kim's drunk mom on that phone call. It surprised me that Kim did the opposite of what she did at age 13. At age 42, Kim confessed to the crime instead of celebrating getting away with it. That's an interesting development. Do you think those tears Kim cried are tears of relief or regret? I think they're both. I think she regrets what she's done and she's processing it now, but she's relieved that she can finally get to a place where she can even begin processing. She's relieved that she has finally done the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the the two things feed off each other. She did the right thing, so she's relieved, but she's also relieved that she did the right thing. Yeah. 
Uh, he continues here on the Breaking Bad cameos. The RV scene with Walt, Jesse, and Saul was done perfectly, in my opinion, but I wish the Jesse and Kim scene was trimmed down a little. It was a cool cameo, but the execution was sloppy. If I could rewrite the scene when Jesse says, thanks for getting combo off, that was pretty slick, yo. Kim should have said a rush, you're welcome, and run off due to her guilt and remorse. The exposition from Jesse and Emilio's legal problems, Saul's theatrical approach was unnecessary. Kim literally running away from the Breaking Bad era was an interesting visual. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys think Kim is thinking about Chuck's disapproval of Jimmy when she sees Saul's clientele in his office? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, or just how far a person can fall when they choose to fall. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. You, you said something interesting when we uh, about the visual component of this scene with Jesse and Kim mm-hmm. when we were watching it the second time. How when Jesse is talking, asking Kim, like, is this guy a good lawyer, right? I've seen his commercials on TV. And they pull out to a wide shot so that you can <laughs> see the frontage of this building. Yeah, in this with, strip mall with the Vietnamese restaurant right next door. And this right. giant arrow and the inflated Liberty. And yeah. And the neon open sign. It's yeah. just all... Taggy. Uh, yeah. It, all of tacky. it says no. No, he's not to be trusted. Yeah. These... At the very least, he is not to be taken seriously at face yeah. value. And his clientele is part of that, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. he's... I, I don't know if, like... I don't know if it's the style of his commercials or just the fact that he's out there with those commercials um, is what brings in this clientele. Because when they need somebody to go to, they don't know any lawyers, right? Yeah. In their life, they're not hanging out with the in the places that like lawyers hang out, right? Well, the way where Howard hangs right. out, none of these people are going into that <laughs> fancy restaurant. So the way his commercials work is, he says, "Have you been uh, accused of this thing? A victim, Come see me." Uh, yeah. But but yeah, he puts a spin on it, like you right. are the actual victim here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come see me. He had a he had a freaking commercial about if. Uh, parts from an airplane have damaged your property. Come see me <laughs> uh, right after the tragedy of a, right. what was it, ABQ something. It was it, that was the episode of ABQ. Yeah, uh, down over ABQ seven forty seven yeah. thirty seven down over ABQ. Yep, season two Breaking Bad. Yeah, and he and he just immediately capitalized on that mm-hmm. with those commercials. Yeah, he he's not above anything. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, Courtney says, I don't know about you guys, but I find myself pretty frustrated with Kim in these last few episodes. Mm -hmm. Despite the trouble they got themselves in, I really liked Kim and Jimmy as a couple. So I was heartbroken when Kim ended things in episode nine. I understand that she felt things went too far once Howard was killed, but I found her reasoning for leaving Jimmy to be kind of messed up. Although Jimmy was doing low level scams that were mostly harmless, except for what he did to the old ladies. Kim really pushed him into the Saul character and the darker behavior that we know Saul would be okay with in Breaking Bad era. She's the one who pushed the plan to take down Howard, and you can tell at several points that Jimmy was hesitant or uncomfortable with parts of the plan and how Kim was acting. Nevertheless, Jimmy did what Kim wanted. Flash forward to her leaving him, basically saying that they are bad people doing bad things and they hurt people, etc., etc. Then in the most recent episode, she says to Jesse that Jimmy used to be good, but is no longer. Yet for the most part, she made him this way. I just love Jimmy as a character and I loved him with Kim. So it irks me that she broke his heart and sort of ruined his life because of something she pushed him to do. And on top of it, she's a total hypocrite. 
She used to be my favorite character, but I have grown to dislike her in season six. She not only became an asshole, but then punished Jimmy for following suit, making her an even bigger asshole. Am I off base here? What do you guys think? I think that's a pretty reasonable judgment. I still... I don't know. I guess maybe that's a problem within myself. Whenever there's a kernel of goodness in somebody, I tend to want to keep looking for that goodness within them. I think that's an asset. Hmm. I think, yeah, I can get you hurt. I don't think that's a character flaw. I think hmm. it's a character asset. I think people need to give people benefit of the doubt and give people second chances. And, and you know, eventually people can prove to you who they are and if and if that person is not a good person. Yeah. Then okay, well they don't get a third chance, but I think there's a I think there's a lot to say here for uh trauma. And <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know how well she has actually handled uh watching her former boss get shot in the head in front of her. I think that messed her up pretty bad. Poorly. So yeah. yeah, yeah, she maybe did blow things up a little bit and maybe it was her fault that things got to that level. But I still feel a lot of sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why she has made some of the choices she has since then. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that, that kernel of goodness in Kim that you know is there because mm-hmm. you've seen it. And it's you know she got she got carried away and the the disgusting part of it is jimmy has gotten carried away with his scams multiple times i mean the chicago sunroof is the first one that we know of but like time and time again we see him going too far with his scams mm-hmm. scamming when he knows he shouldn't uh and that leads to bad places and it's kind of inevitable that it will but kim does it like once Kim gets gung ho about it one time mm-hmm. and it bites her in the ass so hard that she almost isn't able to recover from it. And like that seems tragic too. Yeah. Like that she just got in too deep in the wrong, I mean, wrong place, wrong time for Howard, wrong place, wrong time for Kim too. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, she was an instigator in that scene, but how many times has Jimmy instigated things? Yeah. And also how could she have known that Howard was going to die that night? She couldn't. She, for, her plan, for all she knew, yeah, she knew Lala was still alive, but she didn't know that he was going to be coming like straight for them. And she thought Mike was watching. Yeah, and she thought Mike was watching. Yeah, she thought everything was basically kosher. Um, so her her plan was just that you know Howard's reputation would be a little yucky for a minute, Tarnished, but then he'd be fine. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, then, bad, then he could work his way out bad, of that, right? Like, but yeah, not terminal. It, no, it would cause him a hardship for like a month or two while mm-hmm. he tried to explain to his clients, I'm not a coke, a deranged coke head. Right. Like, Just watch my actions for the next two weeks and you'll be able to tell I'm right. solid. He could earn his reputation back. The way it turned out, that was impossible. Yeah. Because he's gone, he's dead. dead. And, and it turned out way worse than she ever expected because now mm-hmm. people don't just think he's, you know, some drug abuser. Uh they they think that he's killed himself. Like Yeah. And I I don't know how Howard would feel about that. Like you know, I, I think people associate that with weakness, right? I think Howard like, oh, would Howard hate couldn't it. deal, couldn't handle. I think Howard would hate it. I, I think he, he would too. If yeah. he, you know, had some way of knowing. Because it would be like giving up. And giving up was never something that he did. You're right. You're right. Like he worked through his problems. And he never yeah, and he didn't 
even on people. He didn't give up on people. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't give up on Cheryl, even though she was making him sleep in the guest house instead of just like asking for the divorce and finalizing it. He mm-hmm. kept trying. He didn't really even give up with Jimmy. No. Until like the very no. end there when shit was right. crazy. And bowling balls were raining down in his house. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. And, and also like his, the the Sandpiper meeting. Mm-hmm. I think that was yeah, the last straw for him. him. Yeah. But he had to literally go that far mm-hmm. to get Howard to give up on him. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. No, I think I, so, it, it worked out so much worse than so she much ever worse. expected. So, long story short, um, yeah, it was kind of fucked up what she did and the way that she blew up their relationship and their lives and everything. But I can also see where it's coming from. So Sure. Context. It's like a kid who gets their hand caught in the cookie jar, but it turns out like the the cookie jar inside the cookie jar was a, a nuclear bomb button and they pressed the button accidentally, <laughs> thinking yeah. they were gonna grab a cookie and and be a little mischievous, right? <laughs> And then they blew up like I don't know an Asian peninsula or something. It's like that's a good metaphor. Well, I didn't I didn't realize when I grabbed this cookie and did this t- kind of bad thing that it would cause a nuclear explosion. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the situation she found herself in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you say like the kid is culpable for the nuke going off? <laughs> yeah. To yeah, to what extent do we hold people uh, accountable for things? Yeah, and for me, I'm with you. I'm willing to forgive, especially because Kim has not made many mistakes. And, and, and she's I believe trying her that best. Her she core, has a history of trying her best. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, even the fact that she breaks up with Jimmy shows that she's decent. I think Jimmy would have gone along with that relationship for. As long as it lasted one way or another. Yeah. And whether they hurt people, whether they got people killed, he wouldn't have cared. Whether they even liked each other by the end of it, he wouldn't have cared as long as he had that thing to keep coming back to, that person who hadn't given up on him yet. Right. So, I mean, this is a sacrifice for the Kim's making on the behalf of other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows her inherent decentness as well. Yeah. Also, it means that she, they, they can't protect each other anymore legally. Yeah, true. So, I don't know. I'm still sympathetic to Kim. <laughs> but that's where we'll leave it this week. We've got one more episode. One more episode. Of Man. this show, which it's is kind of crazy. journey, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I still, I've been trying to wrap my mind around it. It's like, this isn't the end of the season. This is just like the end. That's yeah. It. No, there are very few shows that I've gotten all the way to the end of, um, even though I've been doing this for over 12 years now. Mm-hmm. It's like Breaking Bad. Mad Men. You wouldn't believe it, but the fucking Walking Dead is still going. Yeah, not for much longer. <laughs> not for much longer, but it That'll is still this going. Year too. But yeah, it's always it's always weird to say goodbye to these things because they become yeah. a part of your life. And, mm-hmm. and that's me as a podcaster, but that's also people out there watching. Um, they, they get into a routine. They get into a habit. They fall in love with these characters. It's always, like there's always a little bit of a, like a sense of loss whenever a story ends. And yeah. you you just don't have that anymore. The these characters their their journey is over. It is mm-hmm. not continuing, and you don't have them like you said part of your as being part of your life anymore. Yeah, it is a little weird and painful. 
and awkward. We, we did a uh, recently did a premium podcast for our Patreon members, uh, Aaron and I, mm-hmm. and uh, it was about it was an off the clock episode where we talked about uh, Harley Quinn, mm. the the TV show, and why this season wasn't quite doing it for us. And Aaron said something about the idea of like, will they, won't they, is always like a super compelling <laughs> idea. Yeah, it's a super course. compelling uh, plot motivator, plot driver. I cannot even tell you how many uh, animes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just, I mean, sitcoms. Exist on like, that. Yeah. Every, 90% of the shows you watch have a will they, won't they yeah. in them. And seasons one and two were all about will they, won't they. Season three was about, well, they did. Mm-hmm. So now what? Yeah. And we're not nearly as enjoying it as much. I feel like that's the feeling you get from the end of a show. Like there's always a will they, won't they for like the plot. What's going to happen next? What's mm-hmm. going to happen next? Well, there is no more next. I know all I'm ever going to know about this thing. And it feels somehow diminished because just, just because it's over. Just because it's over. Yeah. yeah. You don't have that. There is no more expectation. It's just you're, you're closing that back cover of the book mm-hmm. and you have to walk away from it or you'd be like me whenever I find something I really like that doesn't require my eyeballs I just listen to it over and over, over, and over again, again. Yeah. I immediately go back to the beginning of the thing so then I have greater context sure. for the entire show and yeah. I get to see I get to better appreciate that journey of those characters from start to finish and you can absolutely do that with this show you can uh, yeah, I, yeah, I you did time it, for it before this season I watched I did all of Better Call Saul yeah. I know you watched Better Call Saul and, and Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. That was, yeah, that was really fun. I bet. Um, so yeah, there's, there's still that. There's always a rewatch. There's always a rewatch. But yeah, we'll be back to cover the last episode here in a week. I feel like we should save all this conversation for <laughs> the finale episode because like, you know, it's just a lot yeah, uh, to talk yeah. about. But. That's fine. No, we'll have, oh my God, I'm sure we'll have so much more to talk about next week. So Will we? This was two things. hours, so Oof. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Hopefully you guys don't mind a two-hour podcast. Because uh, we'll be back with the three-hour one next week. Oh my God. But until then, <laughs> I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. I'll see you. Bye.